Hi, and welcome to the Inner Network Podcast, where I chat with inspiring women about their career and advice to the next generation of founders, CEOs, and thought leaders. I'm your host, Kyla Kablin, and today's guest is Polly Payne. Polly is the founder of Horatio Printing, a Christian-based planner established in 2014 in New York City. In today's episode, we talk about how she transformed her side hustle into a full-time career, tips for startup founders on platforms like Kickstarter, and how to successfully launch a product-based business. I'll be leaving all of her social media links as well as where you can find Horatio Printing in the show notes. And don't forget to use the Inner Network discount code for $10 off your first Horatio Printing Planner. So I first want to say congratulations on the six-year anniversary of Horatio Printing. Thank you. So it's super exciting. And I would love to know, you know, a little bit more about your background and your journey and how you got to founding Horatio Printing. Sure. <clears throat> well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. And I'll tell you a little bit about me and my background. So I'm actually from Alabama, a small little town called Fairhope. And I went to school at Auburn and I studied public relations. My passion for planners and all things printing, um, I've always loved planners. I'm very, very forgetful, like extremely forgetful. So if I don't write it down, it really doesn't happen. And I loved having my phone start to turn into my calendar because it's so handy. You always have your phone with you. But as you know, the phone is so distracting. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally designed to steal your attention and divert your attention. And so I've never really found a good system using technology except for, you know, one-on-one appointment calendars and stuff. So I really like paper. I just feel like it's more peaceful and easier to stay focused. So that's kind of my background a little bit in that space. But I ended up moving to New York after college. I worked in the advertising space for six years, started off as a marketing assistant, and then grew to become a senior sales director at a really awesome ad tech company. And I ended up starting Horatio Printing as a side hustle. Did as a side hustle for a year and a half and then finally was able to take that leap and then I moved out of New York and moved to Florida where my warehouse was and all my products Um, and then kind of realized Florida wasn't for me and my family so we are now in Chattanooga Tennessee so that's where we're at now it's been a long journey but yeah oh my goodness that's so exciting to hear because I feel like I'm the same way I'm very much like a pen and paper type of girl and I think I've tried everything under the sun with like organization like I've tried my phone I've tried Google Calendar and it just doesn't work the same way did you ever find that you know having a background in PR and then moving into advertising, was that something that you thought you would do, you know, in the long term? Yeah, I definitely did. I was really good at it. Um, With PR specifically, when I was in college, I thought, oh, I'm going to move to Atlanta, work for Edelman or something. Um, Because you you start planning everything out and you have all the steps and how it's going to work out. And then life is like completely never how you thought it would be. Um, I ended up moving over to sales just because my people skills and I had a couple bosses that really just believed in me. And I just educated myself on the companies I was working for so much to where I became like the product person, the product knowledge person, and just really enjoyed that background and became extremely successful. It was very lucrative business, but 
at the end of the day, it just wasn't making me healthy. It wasn't making yeah. me happy. And so what I learned is that with God, he gives you these talents. Like for me, he gave me a talent of being able to connect with people, talk to them and build friendships really simple. And and I'm, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm, I typically am like, I like to have fun. I like mm-hmm. to go out. I'm, I'm outgoing. But God gave me, he deposited all those skills for his kingdom. It wasn't to sell that specific ad. That's what I was revealed. That was what was revealed to me. Like I gave you these skills for a ministry. And I was like, wow, I can't believe you actually want to partner with me. So, yeah. Did you find that, you know, transitioning from, you know, like you said, PR and advertising, and that was a side hustle of yours, starting Horatio Printing, what kind of made you say, you know, this is something that I want to do full time. And what was that thought process like when you did decide, I guess, to quit your nine to five? So I always kind of had this daydream of like, I want to start a company for a while. I read Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week. Oh, back yeah, in like 2012. And I was like, wow. And you just read all these testimonies of people doing stuff. And you're like, maybe this could happen for me. Um, you have this idea of like, wow, I could have passive income or something wild like that. And it's a lot harder than it sounds. But for me, like that transition happened because there were two different coaches I was working with, one in my company and then one externally through Tony Robbins. And I wrote down my dream. And I said it out loud, which I think is really powerful. I wrote down that I wanted to quit my job and do this full time because I just in my heart, I loved it. It was just so life giving, connecting with customers in the Christian faith who loved what I did and were using it to change their lives. It was just so fulfilling. And so I was like, this would be amazing if I could do this every day. I love doing it on Saturday, but how great would it be if my Saturday became my Monday? Like that was my dream was to be able to do that. And I had these two coaches that basically said, well, if you want to do it, here's how to do it. And it was all about making sure I have a livable income and saving up six months worth of income as like a a nest to be able to take that leap, Um, which was really smart because when you're stressed, it's harder to be creative. So giving yourself that like financial cushion to say, all right, I'm going to give myself six months. And if I'm not able to really build it out to what I want in six months, I will go back to my current career, which wouldn't have been the end of the world. And it's okay to fail, but it's good to have that like cushion so you can truly give it your all without just constantly stressing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, those are such great points because like you had mentioned, you know, when you're stressed out, like it's so hard to take your mind off of that and not focus on that. Did you find that your transition was really supported by having those mentors and how important do you think it is to have somebody to lean on like a mentor? I think it's super crucial. I was really lucky. Even the company, like the founders of the company I was working at, they were all super supportive. Like they gave me a champagne toast and they were like, go crush it. You're going to do great. Cause they all started their company, you know? So I worked in, when I was at that ad tech company, I was the ninth employee. So I watched them build it into this huge, you know, fortune. I want to say it's almost a fortune 500. If not, it should be, um, they, they're just crushing it. So I was really lucky to have the um, mentors and support. And there's always going to be people that expect you to fail. And that's okay. You know, it is what it is. Not everyone is going to 
have a vision of success for you, um, which is sad, but when you kind of know that going into it, it's like, that's okay. I'll just prove you wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and especially even family, like my family's always been extremely supportive, but you know, they care about you and they want to make sure you're, you're safe and you're comfortable and you're making smart decisions. And sometimes risk isn't comfortable for people for you to take, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think having a mentor that has done it, um, is, is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, especially having you in the ad tech industry, and like you mentioned, you were the ninth employee, I'm sure you saw, you know, some setbacks with them getting their business off the ground. Was there any advice that they gave you when you had times of challenges and setbacks? Did you find that, you know, your mentors were able to guide you through those challenges? Well, this is really special, actually. I think it was one of my first few months working at the company. And um, this wasn't like complete company policy, but that one of the founders is just this amazing man of faith. Um, his name's Sean. And I remember being really stressed out because as a salesperson, my job is to manage client expectations and make sure that everything goes right. So I'm just having to be on top of it in terms of like, is this working? Is the pixel firing? Like, Mm -hmm. are the ads running correctly, whatever? And something went wrong and we're a new technology, you know, things were getting worked out and we were building this whole new idea after a pivot at the early stage. Um, So watching them pivot was really impressive. Um, Anyway, so there was one time where I was just really stressed out, like my client's upset. I don't know the answer because this is all new. Um, I don't know what to do. And one of the account managers, like he just, it felt like he didn't care enough. Anyway, so I was like, "Ah, I'm, I'm upset. And Sean looked at me and he said, Polly, everything in this world will crumble one day. Like this company, this, that, the other, like nothing in this world is like concrete. The Mm -hmm. only thing that matters is people. He just set everything in perspective. I had never had a leader at a company sit down with such conviction that like our job is to love people and to like be good ambassadors. And so I was just, honestly, that was just it blew me away. And he would, he would stop whatever he was doing to go take a walk with me and be like, let's talk about this. You know? And it was like, it was just amazing. So, um, that's big. I think it's important at the end of the day, just to remember that people are people. Um, we're going to get upset. We're going to have trigger moments. We're going to mess up. And as long as you can own up to it and you can have a good conversation and you can find a solution, like that's all that matters. I don't like obstacles, but I love solutions. I love problem solving. It's one of my favorite things to do. So that's been really powerful. It's like there's there's always some sort of solution to the problem. And maybe just the solution is to surrender and pray, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you have zero control over it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think. I, so I'm also in the advertising industry and I think, you know, going through those constant struggles, I love how you mentioned the pixel fire because I go through that on a daily basis. Yeah. But I think, you know, being in that specific industry, it really does test you in a way. And, you know, I'm sure when starting your company, you had all of that knowledge to kind of support you. Something that I was actually really interested in is, you know, Horatio printing was your side hustle. 
but if that became something that you put on Kickstarter, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I use Kickstarter obviously to raise funds. Um, the first year I did our first print of the planner back in 2014. So our first planner was a 2015 planner, but I started the company in 14 and I used half of my funds. And then my dad gave me a loan that I paid him back. And so it was all pretty much self-funded. And then the next year I wanted to print twice as much and we needed funds. And I thought, well, I could just let people have a discount and go ahead and prepay for their product. And that would really work out. So that's what we did. Um, So I had the benefit of already having sold um, a thousand planners the previous year. So I had people that liked it that I was really hoping would buy it again. So that really helped. My experience with Kickstarter was fine. I think it's important to do your research. Kickstarter has great educational resources for you on how to succeed. They've done the data on what price point works, how to do promotion, what's best on setting up your page. And it's important to print it all out and read it all if you're a printer person or just read it on the screen if you like to save a tree. Um, But I think the big things is you want to promote your Kickstarter through video. So you want to have really sharp video. Not that my video was really sharp uh, back in 2015, but it, it was decent and um, I worked hard on it. And then you want to have the right price point. I think they like to have anywhere from 20 to $30. I think 20 is the best for um, a solid price point that people will typically use. Making sure you're thinking ahead about shipping costs. A tip that I really like is to launch on payday the second payday of the month, specifically the one where you're not paying rent, that's a great day to launch anything because you have a little more money in your account. You know, that's the day on the 15th or the 16th. You're like, hey, I can go shopping, you know? So (laughs) that's a good thing to note, making sure that your Kickstarter at least covers over a payday for people. But yeah, that was great. And now I can still connect to those initial kind of investors and give them updates on how everything's going. Yeah, I think those are all, you know, really great advice. I think sometimes people think Kickstarter is very overwhelming and hearing, you know, how you started on Kickstarter and then eventually turned it into such a successful business. um, I think a lot of people would really appreciate all of that. Um, In terms of, you know, starting on Kickstarter, getting everything off the ground, how did you find those manufacturers? Did you have to go through a lot of trial and error? You know, how did that process kind of go about? Oh, man, I feel like I've been flying by the seat of my pants for a while. (laughs) But um, at that ad tech company I was working at, actually, another company was birthed called Provincial Magazine. Um, So Grace Taylor designed Provincial Magazine and launched it with a Kickstarter. And two of the other people at the company helped her with her website and her Kickstarter campaign. And honestly, watching someone do it made me think, gosh, man, that'd be cool. I want to do that. Like, I could do that. So that was pretty big for me, watching them. And then she had the printer connection uh, for Hemlock printers in Canada that are phenomenal. They're very eco-friendly, high quality. They do... um, like cereal magazine, like fancy zines, vines. I don't know what they're called, but like fancy little magazines. And um, so I got a quote from them because I know like when you produce a product, your first impression's everything. So I was like, I'm going all out for number one, V1. Like I want the paper to feel like absolute luxury. I want the design to look amazing. And so we just kind of went all in and 
it went really well. And then the next year I changed the laminate and it peeled. So that was really terrible. <laughs> I ended up having to reprint it. And the second year um, I had a company want to purchase 10,000 for their subscription box. So that was a big exciting thing, but also mm. like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this thing? And I had a couple overseas manufacturers reach out and say, hey, I want to partner with you or, you know, do you want to print over here? Um, I'm printing your competitor or whatever. And so I said, okay, we'll send me a quote. And so I ended up going overseas to print the 10,000 units. And that went really well. That was a great test. <laughs> and um, since then, I've just been printing overseas. I feel like they were able to do the intricacies that I wanted in terms of tabs and all the bells and whistles and extras and even sourcing other things like all of our planners come in a really nice dust bag. Um, we've been designing sticker sets and washi tape and notepads and then now our Bible studies. And really when I bring them a problem, like I need this to lay flat and there's not a solution for that, like they've built a solution for me. So I've really enjoyed working with them and I've kind of stayed with them since 2016. Something that really did draw me to your planner when I was, you know, doing market research and just really looking at what was in the industry was your partnership with A21. Can you tell us a little bit about how that partnership started and, you know, how the relationship has been over the past six years? Yeah. So my first year into the planner, um, I was going to Hillsong NYC when I started the company, I thought, okay, well, I want to make sure that I'm really honoring God through this business because he was 100% like on my board <laughs> and uh, he breathed on this company to make it successful. I started tithing to church. Like that's what I was doing, like 10% of what I was making. I just gave that to church. And then Christine Kane came to church and spoke and she talked about human trafficking. And I knew like there were things in the world like human trafficking, but I didn't realize how prevalent it was, how much it was in America, um, how big the issue is. And it was just, it, was, it seems really daunting. And she talked about her solutions through A21 and what they're doing. And they, she told a couple testimonies and I was just blown away and also heartbroken. And I just, in that moment, I said, you know what? That's it. We're giving our money to A21, not only to give, but to build awareness around it because what they're doing as an organization is so powerful. They, they're not just like, oh, okay, here, let me rescue you, which isn't easy, but let me rescue you and give you a hygiene kit and a place to sleep. Like when they help people, they take the long road with that one person. They're all about the one, you know, like really honoring them, helping them with vocational skills, helping them like maybe they were trafficked and now they don't know the language, like teaching them the language, helping them find a job, uh, maybe taking them back to their country. But like they'll follow one particular survivor for like three years, you know, wow. maybe they have a lot of medical bills because of the different diseases or problems that they've had because of the situation. Well, they're going to help pay the medical bills like they're they're just in it to really support somebody. Um, it's not a Band-Aid like they are all in for people. And that was just so powerful to hear um, the testimonies. And, and I got to go to Thessaloniki, Greece and actually meet with um, that staff over there, which that's where the first office was and see what they do. They drove us through the red light district. They drove us to Bulgaria where um, a large majority of women are trafficked from Bulgaria and then around to the European Union. And it was really informative, really 
traumatic just to like learn it all but it really made me solidify um, why I partner with them. So we've been doing 10% of every purchase, but we've recently changed to doing 20% of our profits. Wow, that's so amazing. You know, everything you said about what they do and how they really go above and beyond, it's something even from, you know, my initial research, I could tell immediately that this organization is something, you know, that is that sets apart from the others. So I really commend you guys for partnering with them and, you know, increasing to 20%. I think that's so awesome. Something that I've gotten a lot of questions about and the reason why I started this podcast is because a lot of individuals and specifically females want to know a little bit more about, you know, how other females are turning their passion into a business and how, For you, for example, how you turned your side hustle into what it is now, what advice do you have for someone that is wanting to start a business and, you know, what steps can they take to kind of mimic the path that you've taken? So if they're wanting to start a product-based business, which is obviously very different than a service, Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely first make sure that your product is something you love it's ideal for you to be your target audience because that'll make marketing natural. For example, if I was trying to create a, um, I don't know, some sort of like weapon company, I'm not the, I don't know, I'm thinking of like outdoorsy male thing. I don't know, like antlers. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be the market. So it'd be tough for me to market it. I could do it. It would be a problem to solve, but it's nice for you to naturally be your target audience, because you know what you like, you know where you hang out, you know where you get your information from. So that just makes it a little more simple. I think product surveys are your best friend when it comes to pricing. How much should I buy? Should I buy more of this or that? What is the problem in this area? What, like if you were trying to come up with, for example, a planner, having a survey, it's like, what's the most frustrating about the current market? What can you not find that you really need in a planner? Like, getting the information you need from your customers. It's easier than you think. And so it's important to do really proper surveys where you're not leading them to the answer you want them to, but actually giving them space to be honest and truthful, even if it's painful. And so I think product surveys are your best friend, especially at the beginning. My advice would be be premium. If you're going to go out there um, and do it, do it the best you can be premium. And that's really the only way to survive as a small business is to be premium. Because if you are trying to be the low price leader, good luck. That's hard. Another piece of like tangible advice would be pick a product that's really light. (laughs) (laughs) I learned this the hard way. Planners are heavy and books are heavy. So if you're going to start a company, uh, think about what you're shipping. Ship something light because shipping is expensive and it's only increasing in price. People don't like to pay for shipping. So yeah, think about something that's light. Think about something that could work on Amazon. You have to remind yourself that you are so lucky to live in an age of information where you can truly go learn something online. Like starting a business as a woman like 70 years ago was not this easy. Information was not as accessible. So just remind yourself that you are lucky for the opportunity. I get to do this. Mindset is everything. If you are curious and willing to learn, you can totally succeed. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, those tangible 
pieces of advice. I think that's something that people don't really think about. And that's great that, you know, you've, you know, that firsthand. And I think also being a female in this age, it's so important to have people like you to look up to in terms of, you know, your challenges. I'm sure you've had some, like you mentioned, when starting your business, but I want to know about a pinch me moment that you've had, you know, anything exciting that, you know, maybe was six years ago or in between, or even now. Well, really the big pinch me moment was when Christine Kane said that she'll speak at my dreamer summit, because if you know anything about her speaking schedule, I'm pretty sure you have to book her out like three years in advance. And she said yes. And I literally like lost my mind. I screamed so loud when I got that email that I'm pretty sure my neighbors thought I was being murdered. Um, (laughs) And since then, we've had all kinds of other people sign up to speak as well. We've got Dontree Wilkerson said yes. She's just an amazing, amazing preacher at VU Church down in Miami. Um, We've got Claire Donahue, the Olympic gold medalist. We've got Elise Murphy, who is an amazing author and speaker and just all around like fantastic um, woman. We have all kinds of folks. So honestly, just the way this, the dreamer summit has come together is really a pinch me moment. Also, we just hit our record breaking sales day uh, for launch day for the 2021 dream planners. That was insane. We had 170 orders in the first 60 seconds. Oh my goodness. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Like we beat the previous year's, um, revenue numbers in the first 20 minutes. And so that was like, whoa. Um, so that was October 1st and that was only 12 days ago, which is just (laughs) crazy. So it's been a whirlwind after that. I got extremely sick because I was in total sprint mode working till 2am every night. Um, then my dad also had a, um, open heart surgery, triple bypass the week before launch. And so I was down there with him and preparing everything. And so it's been like a sprint. And then, you know, I just felt like we made it. So now I'm like in recovery mode and also like trying to um, get back into rhythm and balance of like work life balance, turning things off at a healthier time, really focusing on rest and sleep and nutrition. So that's where I'm at now with that. Yeah, definitely. Something that I mentioned to you earlier, and I don't think we were able to get to, but I'd love to know the best piece of advice that you've been given in your career. Gosh, that's hard. (laughs) I really liked, um, there's a quote Christine Kane did. Well, gosh, there's so many. Okay. The first one is, so Christine Kane has this quote that says, healthy things grow and growing things change. Change things changes things. And that's really important to not get stagnant and to embrace change and growth because it's healthy. And when you embrace it, you're going to see things really change in a powerful way. And that was really good for me. Like I had the planner, I had it made, it was great, but it was like, you know what? It needs to evolve. I need to evolve. My resources need to evolve. So that was really powerful in like propelling us forward. I love John C. Maxwell. I saw him speak at Propel and he was talking about how we have to focus on one tree to chop down at a time, because if we're trying to chop down all these different trees, AKA different projects and stuff in one day, like having a million tabs open in our brain, you know, we're going to end up with a dull ax and marred trees. So what is your tree? What is the core thing that you're trying to do, whether it's this hour or this day or this year, focus on it. 
and allow yourself, give yourself permission to let that be this one thing that you're going to work on. Because if you're trying to work on a hundred things at once, it's just going to be a mess and nothing's going to fall down, you know? So that was really powerful too. Giving yourself that permission to really zone in. Yeah. I think that's so important, especially in this day and age when, you know, it's, everyone loves to call it the hustle culture. And although that's great. And I think, you know, it's awesome that people are going for the things that they want to do. But I also think that it's important if you have one thing that you're passionate about to just focus on that one thing. I feel like a lot of people feel that they need to have multiple things on the go. So I love that quote that you just mentioned there. Yeah. A lot of people love the whole, like, I have multiple income streams, you yeah. know, this income stream, that income stream. It's like, yeah, but if they're not, none of them are producing enough. The problem is we are a limited resource, you know, and there's this really great book called The Pumpkin Plan. And it's all about like, you know, your time, your company is like a pumpkin patch. And if you want to grow one giant pumpkin, you have to remove the other pumpkins from the vine and feed all of the nutrients to the one pumpkin that is the best pumpkin. So if you're in a company and you have like a bajillion different products, what's your pumpkin? Can you answer that question? You know, what is that one major service that you're doing Mm -hmm. that produces the best outcomes and the best profit margin and the best clients and figure out what that one pumpkin is and then feed it, grow it, nurture it. Yeah. That's especially important when I'm, you know, looking at the people that, you know, I want to have on my podcast and you came into mind right away because just seeing what you do with Horatio Printing and all the other women that I am interviewing, it's them focusing on one thing and growing that passion or that business. So it's really important for, you know, people who are listening to know that it's, it doesn't always have to be six income streams. It could be one that you're feeding all your effort into and all of your time into. So I think that's really great to hear. Can you tell us a little bit more about the 2021 Dream Planner? I know that just came out. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how it differed from the last year and what people can expect? Yeah. So the 2021 collection has two different cover designs. One is our new black leather, it's vegan leather, book bound. And then we have our white marble. The white marble is inspired by heaven and the concept of keeping your head above the clouds. Because a lot of times the problems of this world are in your face. But if you have a more eternal perspective, you can kind of rise above the challenges of the of the current uh, present. So we have the white marble, which I used to call the heavenly, and then the black leather. Um, This year, we brought back our Dream Planner kits, which is really exciting. The kits include washi tape, stickers, notepad, our new gold pins, and just a bunch of little fun things in the kit. So that's definitely the best price. The planner inside of it, it has different areas to help you dream plan, create a personal growth plan, uh, write in your praise reports each, each month to cultivate gratitude. It also has a refocus cloud where you write down your passions, your obligations, your focuses, and your distractions. The goal is to remove distractions to make more time for your passions. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, And then we also have the resources online. So that's the 2021 collection. Uh, The stickers were the big thing. I think people were really excited about bringing those back with a new design. 
Yeah, I have looked into the 2021 because I had the dream planner before and it honestly just helped me in, you know, organizing my life and I'm definitely going to be supporting the business and I just love everything that you guys are doing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'll be leaving all of your links in the show notes and just telling everyone where they can find you as well as the promo code. The promo code is is live and that gives your listeners $10 to shop at Horatio Printing. So make sure you look at the show notes to get the code um, and you can go take that $10 credit and check out the Dream Planners. Amazing. Thank you so much, Polly. 